You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. And off the air already talking about food. Food, pie, that's specifically. It. Yes, but today <laughs> we're going to be talking about cookies because we're continuing our Christmas cookie series here on The Coffee Hour. Yes. And gathering input from some of our friends on Soda Lutheran Ladies Lounge. Ladies Lounge. Join in on the fun and some of my friends on, on social media joining in on the fun. We'll continue the conversation here in just a moment. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting The Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University. City, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. Joining us today is Anna Boriak. She chimed in on the conversation on Lutheran Ladies Lounge mm-hmm. when we were looking for a cookie, Christmas cookie stories. Anna, welcome to the coffee hour. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So excited to share your story. It sounds like you have lots of fun, um, <laughs> like just food stories having not too long ago. It sounds like recently relocated to Pennsylvania. And it uh, sounds like you have some fun food stories. Just the, the region alone <laughs> has lots of fun food stories. But let's let's zero in on Christmas cookies. And what role, if any, did Christmas cookies play in your childhood? It was a huge part of my childhood. So I am the youngest of six kids by a lot of years. My (laughs) siblings were 17, 15, 13, 11, and eight when I was born. And four of those are brothers. And my brothers are cookie monsters. And they will admit it. So it was a constant theme of baking. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. And we would just constantly be baking in December. I remember... Tying into the Christmas cookies, we had a record player. So I remember John Denver and the Muppets a Christmas yes. together playing <laughs> while we would be making Christmas cookies. <laughs> and we would have to stop and go flip over the record. So, yes, yes. So that was just like a huge part of, of our family and continues to be that way as we all grew up and kind of went out of the house. We would all try to regather at my parents for Christmas. And my mom would just make platters of cookies and they lived in Nebraska. So we would just have like literally laundry baskets with individual containers of cookies that we'd store in the garage. And then like when the, when the big platters would start to run low, it was someone's job to go out to the garage, get the cookies out of the garage where they were stored and refill the platters. So it's just a huge part of what our family is at Christmas. Uh, that sounds like a very Nebraska farm thing. I don't know. <laughs> I can imagine my my husband's family doing that. Like, go out to the garage, get more cookies. Such a thing. They stay cold, and you, and we have like twenty yeah. people at the house for Christmas. Right. You have to have all the fridge room you can get. So it's true. the The garage doubles as a fridge in the Midwest. Yeah, it does. Just don't keep the pop out there for too long because we did have exploding cans one year. Did, did you and your siblings ever like fight over which cookies uh, were yours and which were theirs, or did you all kind of did you all were you did you all play nice around the cookies, or was it totally like a, a fight over who gets? We 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 played nice typically because we all kind of had our favorites, and mom, dear mom, always made sure that she made our favorites. So the recipe box would come out around December first or so, and we'd sort through and pick out which cookies we were going to make that year, which were usually a lot more than we ever needed. And then we would just start making them. So we typically played pretty nice. Plus, she would make like double batches. There was always more than enough to go around. Sounds so fun. And of course, John Denver and the Muppets playing in the background on vinyl. Have you, Sarah, are you familiar with this album? No. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> this was not part of my childhood. <laughs> I still have it. It's 
I mean, it's on digital now, but I still have it on vinyl and we actually have a record player in our house. So thanks for the inspiration, Anna. I may have to get that out and and play it while we're baking cookies in the next uh, (laughs) couple of days at the Bates household. (laughs) It, it, It is amazing. What was, so out of all those cookies, it sounds like you had lots of different recipes that your family enjoyed during your childhood. Is there a favorite or one or two that, that really stood out for you? So one of them that stands out for me, it's not necessarily my favorite, but it's what I mentioned on the Lutheran Ladies Lounge, so I feel like I should mention it, is Springerly. So there's probably lots of people that are familiar with that, and it's a German cookie, pillow cookie, that's made with anise. Now, other people make them with almond flavoring and lemon flavoring and different flavorings in our household. It's traditional with anise, which is why I'm probably not the biggest fan of them, but it's a lot of powdered sugar and flour, and my mom still uses my great-great-grandma's recipe for it. My aunt, my mom's sister, has my great-great-grandma's Springerly press. So you make the dough and then you roll it out and you have a rolling pin or a board and you press it down and you make these little square pillow cookies that have a very intricate design on the top of them. So my mom has found a metal press and that's what she uses. But my aunt still has my great-great-grandma's. So that's one that we definitely have to have every year. A lady in the Lutheran Ladies Lounge mentioned that they know how to make them soft. My mom still makes them hard because they're a traditional coffee dunking cookie. So they would ah. dunk them in their coffee to soften them up. My dad uses a microwave now. But when my son, who's now five and a half, was about six months old, it was his first Christmas, and he was teething. And we grabbed one of those. He grabbed one off of one of our plates, and he loved teething on those for about three months until the supply ran out. So they also double his teething biscuits. <laughs> We learned. So that was one favorite. The other one that we don't do anymore is my mom used to do the German... She does gingerbread now, but she used to do the traditional pfeffernus with their traditional recipe, which is where you mix it up with raw eggs and then you put it in a crock and you leave it sit to like ferment and age. And growing up, I remember sneaking, this would be such a big no-no now, sneaking pieces of the raw dough out of the crock while it aged. (laughs) She would not do that. And we don't make that anymore because it has the raw eggs in it. But she did that growing up. And that's another one that I remember. And she's since transitioned to gingerbread, which is very similar. So little gingerbread cookies. Wow. Lots of fun stories. Those are really cool. Well, you, you've already you, you've already made for us that that connection of how it's it's passed from one generation to the next just by your son using them as uh, teasing so cool. <laughs> during that that stage in life. But what was happening while your family was was making these cookies together while you were baking together? You mentioned like the whole process of of pulling out the recipes and and going through the recipes, identifying which ones you wanted to bake that year. And then baking, then the music playing in the background. What? Tell us about that that whole experience. What was happening besides just baking cookies? Oh, we were making memories. I know that sounds so cliche, but we were. I mean, we we still laugh about times when we were making things and either something went wrong or there was just a huge disaster. My mom used to make these shortbread cookies that she cut out like bells, and then we would frost them with melted chocolate. And one year we melted the child. I don't know what happened. Something did not happen right. And I'm like sitting there trying to help my mom with it. It was one of the first years I was helping her. And like, I just had chocolate, like just dripping off my hands and down my arm. And I'm like, mom, I don't think something's right. And she had her back turned to me working on something else. And she turns around. I just have chocolate. And she's like, yeah, we didn't do something right with that chocolate. And we still <laughs> laugh about that. So yeah, it's just a lot, a lot of memories and a lot of laughter going on and just remembering the reason for the season. And it it was just a lot of fun. And then there was also the passing down. So one of the things we make, it's not a cookie, but we do a Jesus birthday cake every year. And it's happened since I was little. That's a cherry nut bread recipe that we've passed down 
they used to be able to get it in a mix. And then my one brother who is culinary made up the recipe when they couldn't find the mix anymore. So we always have a cherry nut bread every year and sing happy birthday to Jesus. And so we've passed down that recipe now. So just little things like that. It's a lot of fun. What are some of the other ways that you're bringing your traditions into your own family? I love the the recipe box with recipes from your great great grandma. That is so cool. And I want to like I want to look through that recipe box. What are some of the other things that that you've been able to to do with your own? We just keep we keep their traditions alive. Like I said, the Jesus birthday cake, it's fun every year because we have pictures from when my son was six months old every year with the Jesus birthday cake um, blowing out the candle. So that's a lot of fun to see. And we, my, so my parents are older and they live in attached in-laws quarters next door to us now um, in our house mm-hmm. here in Pennsylvania. And so being able to go over to my mom and learn some of her tricks that I haven't quite learned yet. Last year it was peanut brittle. She always made oh. peanut brittle from scratch on the stove with the candy thermometer. So learning to do that from her and then passing that down to my son. So he's starting to be really, he's five and a half now. And for a couple mm-hmm. of years now, he's been really interested in being in the kitchen with mom. So letting him be more hands-on and passing that down to him. So it just, we just keep the cycle going. And I know my siblings, my brothers do the same thing with their families. They have family recipes that they still make every year and they pass it on to their kids as well. And any recipe that involves a candy thermometer is no joke. <laughs> Right. Oh, that's and the peanut brittle is really hard because most of you start off with just butter and sugar. So if you burn that, you, there's no going back. Right. Well, <laughs> yikes! It takes serious focus. Now, for a five and a half, six year old, that yeah, that takes some serious concentration. <laughs> that's a lot of effort. Yeah, he won't be doing that yet. <laughs> <laughs> well. Th- this has been a lot of fun just sharing, you know, hearing the memories and, and the joys that your family has enjoyed, spending time together in the kitchen, uh, the conversations that happened, the memories that were made, and now being able to pass it on to the next generation. If there's one encouragement to to fellow your brothers and sisters in Christ or to fellow parents with just a minute left, what would you like to share about making those uh, spending that time together in the kitchen? It can be very messy. But it can also be a lot of fun and you can get great memories made and be able to share those laughters and share the reason for the season and share the joy of Jesus' birth with your kids. And yes, I was hesitant at first because I was like, oh, this is going to be messy. But, you know, flour and sugar cleans up. So just make sure you have extra on hand if the bowl gets dumped over and you'll have a great time. Our guest today, Anna Boriak, thanks so much for sharing your, your Christmas cookie story with us on the Coffee Hour. You're welcome. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. 